Well, good morning. We're going to continue today in this series that we entitled, who do, you, who do You Think You Are? It is an important question that you need to know the answer to. God wants you to know the answer to that question. Because when you know who you are, you will know what to do. And I love that we got to kick off the series. For those of you that weren't here, we've got, we got to bring Tita She was in the States. We got to bring Tita from Guatemala here to kick off the series. And there was no better way to do that than bring her here because she's in a part of the world that's very very dark where she serves. Her spot is in Guatemala. And to talk about salt and light that first week, Tita is somebody, when she's around them, she brings flavor to the world. She's an influencer she sets direction. And then about that light, she knows that there's darkness there. And that first week, Donnie said, you know, when you bring light, where there's other lights, when Christians just get clicky and it's light on light, it, there's nothing. But when you bring light into darkness, you chase away that darkness. And, and Tita is doing that in the ghetto of Guatemala. She's, you know, last week we talked about being an ambassador. She is ambassador for Christ. God uses her. She takes his message. She knows that they're him and they're people and they need to know who he is because she lived her life so long not knowing him and she felt the consequences of that. And so now she's an ambassador just pointing people to God. And so we're thrilled to have her here as we kicked off the series saying, as a Christ follower, you are salt, you are light, you are an ambassador. And today, God wants you to know that you are an overcomer. That's what we're going to look at today. And when you know who you are, then you'll know what to do like Tita knows what, is she, what she to do and focus on in life. The Bible talks a lot about who we are. And I want to get Bibles in your hands if you don't have one this morning. As we begin to look at that a little bit more, I want to get Bibles in your hands. So ushers, if you would come on down and they'll be coming up the aisles. If you don't have one, just signal to them. They will give you one. It is yours to keep. Take it home with you as you'll find out that the words in there, not only the truth, they're essential for knowing who you are. Maybe you came today and you feel like life is kind of happening to you. Maybe you feel like life is closing in on you. And you've got this sense that someone, something, some person, circumstance is bigger than you are. And you feel like it's overcoming you. You don't feel like an overcomer. And you're saying things like, I can't, I can't fix this marriage. I can't get out of this debt. I can't deal with this weight problem. And you're defeated. You're in the spot of feeling defeated. And now we're saying you're an overcomer and you struggle with that. If that's you today, you probably fall, the circumstances fall into two categories. There are those things that you control I go every year to the doctor for my annual physical. I'm used to the routine. Usually he does all the the prodding and all that stuff. And then he sends me over to the EKG lab because 
I'm a runner and my heart is low, so, but he wants to make sure. And usually I'm out the door. But this year, he said, we got to have a little talk. And I knew this was coming because I love me some ice cream. <laughs> and I like ice cream at the wrong time of the day. I actually like it at night. And I don't like it just as a, a you know, scoop of ice cream. I like to throw Heath Bar bits on there and chocolate. And um, So I knew where he was going. Another thing I like is pizza. Uh, every week, my brother and his family and my family, and now that my mom and dad are here, we go and meet for pizza every week at our favorite spot. And I have seen some of you there uh, getting <laughs> like, Rob, weren't you here before? Yeah, I'm here every week. Anyway, the doctor said, I'm going to give you six months. Your cholesterol's high. And so I said, give me six months. This, for me, that is something that I can control. And so I set out trying to lower my cholesterol. But for, for some of you, it's something that you can control. Your kids don't control your schedule. Maybe for you, it's this person, this coworker, your marriage, you, you, you know, it's something that you do have some things that are within your control. But then there are things that are outside of your control. It'll be 10 years in two weeks where I got a call from my father and my mother. And I knew where, I know to this day, every time I come up, come up Fairbanks Road in North Raleigh and hang a left on Westgate Road, my dad called me there second week of June in um, 2001 and let me know that my sister had um, terminal cancer. I had no idea it was coming. And that was something outside of my control. I had six months with her. And if I had control over it, she'd be sitting right here, and I'd be talking with her. But many of you are facing things that are outside of your control. It could be health issues like chronic pain that are outside of your control. In either case, whether you have control over these things or they're outside of your control, God has something to say that you need to write down today. And that is, with Christ, you are an overcomer. We're going to be looking at Romans 8 today, spending some time there. So in the Bibles that I just handed out, if you look at page 785, we're going to be in Romans 8. And at this point in the scripture, verse 31 is where we're going to pick up. Paul had already spent a lot of time telling the Christians, you have been chosen, you have been called, you have been redeemed, you have been forgiven. And he gets to this point and he poses a few questions. He says, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but he gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? And then he asks another question, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And I look at the list that's coming up. It's not who, it's what. He lists a bunch of things that can tend to separate us. He says, shall trouble or hardship. Some of you are here and experiencing that. Maybe the hardship is debt. Maybe you're facing bankruptcy. Maybe the hardship is unemployment. Maybe the hardship is living in that medical condition that you have no control over. And you're faced with that every day. Maybe you, your hardship is you fail to meet your expectations on yourself. 
day in and day out. Shall those things separate us, he says. He says, he goes on to say persecution, which here in the Western world is different than what the rest of the country and what Paul saw as persecution. But we can still encounter this. Kids can still be made fun of as they head off to their Christian Bible study in school. Young adults and adults who are saving themselves from marriage, remaining pure, they can be laughed at. Their so-called partner could walk away from them because they're upholding to a value of purity. Different than the persecution Paul's talking about, but still persecution. Maybe in your job, there's a shady deal that you're not going to be part of, and so you kind of don't work that. You go the other way, and now you find yourself with people pitted against you, or maybe you lost your job. That's persecution. That's hardship. Famine or nakedness, Paul says, shall that separate us? We don't experience this, again, like Paul in other places in the world. But you know what? With the way the economy is going right now, we understand what it's like to not have enough money. It's harder to put the same amount of food. It's harder to buy the clothes. My son Nick's got his feet are not stopping. They're, they just keep growing. I'm like, Nick, you know, I want to buy like a size 14 and put paper towels in there like my dad used to do with my shoes. But we know that it's getting harder and harder to do things and danger and sword. We, we see even here kids being bullied and, and, and killed in shootings for standing up for what they believe in. These things that Paul says can they separate us? What they tend to do is they, they press on us, and all of a sudden we start to question God. Does he really love us? In our consciousness of his love, we start to wonder, does he? Does he really? But look at verse 37. Paul says, no, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. With Christ we are overcomers. Paul says that there is nothing, no circumstance, no person, no situation that can tear you apart from the one who loves you. He wouldn't have said these words. He is one that experienced so much hardship, all of these things. He was stoned. He was beaten. He was put in prison. He was flogged. He says, I've been exposed to death over and over again, but yet he can say, I'm more than a conqueror. You need to write that verse down on the back of your business card or on an index card and put it in a place where you look at that quite frequently. Because when you get yourself in a situation or you find yourself in a situation where you feel defeated, like everything is too big for you, it doesn't have to be that way. You need to be reminded that in Christ, we are more than conquerors. These verses, they got a lot to say, but I want to call out two things here. The first thing is that we will experience difficulties in life. It's assumed. But our expectations get a little off. 
Read Romans 8.28. Just back up a little bit. What does it say? It says, and we know all things are good for those who love him. Right? No. Go back. In all things, God works for the good of them who loves him. We forget all of a sudden we're doing this, he loves me, he loves me not. When something's good, he loves me. When the world is pressing in on us, he loves me not. But that's not what it says. That Our theology is wrong if that's what we think. We only have to look to our Savior for that, for that statement. He said, listen, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, he says, I have overcome. Another thing that we can take away from this is, I will not be defeated. He has overcome. I can win. I can be more than a conqueror. I was at my son's game on Monday night. And this was the kind of game where they barely won. The team went up, I think it was 2 nothing, And then Nick's team got up and they got one run off of an error. And then the other team went up four, and then we got another two runs from errors and missed catches. And it got down to the last inning, and they were the last one up, so they had a chance. It was 4-4, and they won, I believe, on an error. They squeaked by. It was not a decisive victory whatsoever. That is not what is meant by more than a conqueror. That word that was translated more than a conqueror is hupernikau, which means an overwhelming, complete victory. Not some, you know, the Rocky Balboa where he's down and he just can muster up. No, complete, decisive victory. Think of like the parting of the Red Sea. Think of David and Goliath. Right? Goliath, this nine-foot Philistine giant who we read has all this armor and weapons and he's taunting the Israelites for 40 days and the Israelites are cowering and they're running off. But there's one boy, David, who had stirred his, his inside and said, you know what, that living God that took care of me, who held me up, is going to be the one who is going to deliver me. And he took out that giant. More than a conqueror, decisive. That's what we're talking about here. And don't we all want that in our rough spots in life? Don't you want to have this kind of victory? And we hear the words. We see them on the page, but yet we don't feel it. And my guess is there's some of you that are sitting in this room today. You feel frustrated. You feel fatigued. And you feel fear and anxiety. Those are red flags for something that you need to know and change. And it's this. If I fight by my own strength, I will lose. You see, David went against Goliath with God's power. Little boys don't defeat giants, but Little boys used by God can do some very, very big things. But here's the problem. If you're wired like me, it's almost by instinct. We think that we need to take on all of this. 
And I know sometimes it's hard. You sit here and you're a pastor, Rob. Your job is to sit up here and challenge and motivate and give God's word and, and shake and hug and pray for people. And then you go on with your week. But I know many of you know it's much more than that. And I face the same things that you do. I have kids. i got college. I've got a job. I need to worry about pay. All those things. And then even within my career, in 2008 here as a, as a pastor, I struggled with, I, fe- I got to a point where I felt defeated. I started to question, am I being successful? Am I even being salt and light with what's going on? <laughs> me, 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 me. And that time in, in the summer there, God just taught me some lessons. Asked me questions like, Rob, are you going to continue to do it in your own strength? Or my strength. One you will sustain in. The other one you will not make it. And oh Rob. Success. Is that your eyes or mine? My plans your plans. Your goals my goals. And I had to learn as an overcomer to say. God I trust that you are working good in all things. I trust you have a plan for me. And you know what? I need to release that. I need to have faith in it, and I need to release that you're in control. And I would beg you that if you are trying to get through life, whatever is going on in your own strength, hear this, you will lose if you're doing it by yourself. You don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. And we get this ego about thinking that we can. But you have in Christ a strength that's unbelievable. I was moving Mark Wolschlager out of his house in Wake Forest last week. And that boy, first of all, he, he's a pack rat. <laughs> Some of you were there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He had a townhome on a hill and it had a crawl space. And you know when you're on a hill with a crawl space, you have a whole extra room, right? Well, he filled that extra room with boxes. And um, I found myself, I filled a dolly full of boxes and I'm I'm trying to get up the hill. I'm all by myself. And all of a sudden, I, I see Cher there. She's just waiting for me to run out of my own stress. And, you think you might ha- want to help? And all of a sudden, boom, she got behind that, and we got up to that hill in no time. You see, we're going to look at a verse that says, you as a Christ follower have this all-surpassing power. But you got to get to the end of yourself. Just like I said, I can't do it. Do you think you might help? We need to get to the end of ourselves and use that power, God's spirit that's within. And and even though you're in the middle of what's going on in your life, your circumstance, you can still get through it. You can endure through it. That verse doesn't say in Romans that once you get your life together, you'll be more than a conqueror. It doesn't say... Um, in a little while, or once you attain, then you know. It says, in all things. Folks, you can be more than a conqueror right where you are in the midst of the storm. Do you think the people that we saw on the screen, if you ask them, do you, you know, are you doing this? Are you strong? They'd say, not me. It wasn't me. It's Christ who was strong. They knew where their strength was coming from. 
And in Christ, we are an overcomer. We have this power, and I call you to use that power. And when you step forward and out in that, you can go forward fighting with a winning attitude. You see, when you have a defeated attitude, you will never experience a decisive victory. You will always be saying, I'll always be heavy. I will always be addicted to pornography because it's much stronger than anything that God could ever. It's stronger than God's Holy Spirit. I'll always worry because that's who I am. I'll, I, I can't not let go of being unforgiving of that person because of what they did. I will never let go of my past and what was done to me. Or if I did something, I can't get rid of that guilt or shame. I can't, I can't, I can't. The Israelites had that defeated attitude. They looked at how big Goliath was and they said, we can't win. But David looked and said, he's too big. We can't lose. I can't miss. You know, he, it's completely different. He's too big. I can't miss him. I will win. In Christ, in God's power, we can be overcomers. Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay. The treasure is God's Spirit within us. The jars of clay are us. And what, why do we have this treasure? It's to show that this all-surpassing power is from Rob. No. It is for you and I, when we get through and we're standing in the midst of these storms, it is so that people can see that this power is from God. When Tita was here, we were like, God is doing amazing things through her. That's what it's for, is to connect people with God. Paul goes on, he says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not what? Crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. You have this power in your jar of clay. You need to believe it and trust him and kind of step out, let go and let God. You let go of the things you don't have control over and you let God handle the rest. Because with him, you can overcome in addiction to pornography, alcohol, drugs. Your marriage can be healed. You can stand right in the middle of the chronic pain that the doctor's saying, we don't have anything other than maybe we'll manage this. You can actually stand right there. And you can experience freedom from the guilt and shame perhaps of your past, whether it was done to you or whether you did something that you continue to carry that. You can, you can, you can. In Christ. This isn't a self-help message. Self-help would say, you have your spirit within you, and you, no, you got to get to the end of yourself. Then you're an overcomer. With that faith-filled attitude, you're going to start to take faith-filled actions. And when you do that, there's another thing you have to remember, and that is to fight with the right weapons. Because Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. 
On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. As a Christ follower, you fight with supernatural weapons. You hear this word fight and conquer, right, and war. There's a reason for that, and you have to understand this. There is a battle that is going on for your heart. And if Satan can get your heart, he can get your attention and get it off God and start to get it on something else. You see, God so loved the world. You read all over how he loves you, what he's worth. But Satan wants to say, if he loved you, if he so loved you, why are you, why are you at where you're at? If he gave his son and he'll give, then why aren't you getting right now? And all of a sudden, you start to turn and you start to trust in yourself. Ah, Satan's smiling. Because once you start to trust in yourself, he turns the tables. And he says, what do you mean? You think That thing you did to that other person is, is completely unforgivable. There's no way. You, oh, what do you think freedom from that? You're going to carry that guilt and shame forever. Your marriage has been a shambles for years. What do you think it's going to change now? But see, God says, you have supernatural weapons. And I wish I could go into this. Read Ephesians 6 in the week ahead, and you can read about the armor of God. But one of them that he talks about is this buckle, this belt of truth. That truth is God's word. We hand it out here every single week. Why? Because it's one of those supernatural weapons that we have. Read verse 5 that can do Something like this. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The sad part is it says take captive with life coming in on us. If you're like me, then what ends up happening is you end up being a captive. A captor is like a prisoner with no rights. Someone, something has control of you. But here we read we are to take captive. And there's something about God's truth that can, that the word demolish means to take, take down, to tear down. And if any of you know wrestling, you know when you're going after your opponent, his arms are the thing that are the foundation. And if you can take them out, then you've got control. And God's truth, I don't know how to explain this other than what he says is it's living, it's breathing. And when you take captive and you recognize the stuff that pits itself against God and what he has to say with you to his truth that's buried in here, all of a sudden demolished. The power is taken away and you have been released. In Christ, you are an overcomer. And the Apostle Paul says it this way. He says in 1 John 4, 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome, not going to, not will, but you have overcome because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. If you're a Christ follower, you have already won. And if you don't know Christ, victorious is what you could be. Don't let a week go by. Check that WhatsApp card. Grab a pastor and say, tell me about this Christ because I want to be an overcomer. And for those of you who are following Christ, the victory is yours. You've got to feed your soul on God's word. You've got to trust and believe him and take steps of faith. And you will be victorious. 
maybe not what you thought, but in his eyes. And we're going to sing a song this morning that says this, that we have overcome because he overcame that cross. It was an empty tomb. He died and rose again. And the God, the one who's powerful to do that, his spirit resides in you. God bless.